Hey guys, this is Christian Jordanov. I host the Connecting Minds podcast and the Children's Health podcast. I'm a health uh, practitioner, author of a book on autism and children's health. And if you or a loved one or someone you know is suffering from a health issue uh, that's been ongoing, chronic, and they've gotten no help or they've been disappointed with the help that we're getting, please get on my website, schedule a free consultation, and let's see how I can help you. You don't have to keep suffering in silence. Uh, there are ways that you can get help and be healthy and thriving, and I can help you there faster. All right, and welcome everybody from Spencer Serenade. This is our first Swapcast. So welcome listeners, viewers, uh, wherever you're at. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've been hitting on the topic of health quite a bit lately, and this is just another key ingredient to that conversation because like Christian said, you don't have to suffer in silence anymore. The medical systems that are set up are, um, how to put it lightly, garbage <laughs> compared to all these alternatives that aren't praised by the mainstream or promoted by the mainstream. So look into either Christian himself or someone similar doing alternative medicine and diagnosing because they have, I would say, way better results than most mainstream medical practices. So yeah. without further ado, let's get into this swap cast. Let's talk some health and what yeah. to do about it. I'll just add that you don't even need to get diagnosed. You know, this is uh, another trait of the mainstream paradigm that is actually not really that necessary. If you go to someone, uh, uh, if you go, let's say, if you go to a, a regular doctor, they, they've been taught for whatever, six years to pinpoint something and then look into their little manual and then find a poison for that yeah. and try to poison it out of you for a while and then hopefully you come back with some other ailment. So you don't actually even need to get a diagnosis in, in many cases. Well, look, I'm not saying don't, if uh, I'm not giving you medical advice. If you feel like you have something, go and see your doctor and make sure you follow the exact everything to the letter they tell you about your diet and your exercise regimen. Make sure you listen to every single thing that they say, right? But I'm just saying that if you have a health condition or some type of health issue and you go to somebody that knows what they're doing, that knows how to restore health, all you actually have to do is restore your health, your vitality, your metabolic rate to a level where those symptoms will melt away. You literally are restoring health into the organism and uh, a symptom of good health is a lack of symptoms. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, we actually just had a similar sub-conversation in our last episode with my Reiki instructor, just talking about all of these different modalities in bringing your body back to its natural state of healing. That's what your body is meant to do. It's meant to heal itself. We don't need all these external uh, pharmaceuticals and pills medications. We don't need all of that as long as we are keeping good care of our body and letting it get to that state where it can heal itself. Yeah, And that's whether it's the physical side, the mental side, or the energetic side, all of those need to be in a balance enough to let your body do what it's naturally meant to do. So love that point. I We can't hit on that enough talking about health. It's not, you don't need these external factors coming in and messing with your body's natural functions so yeah thanks for bringing that up we love that 
and you're so right about the the mental psychological aspect you know we have to really remember that we are living in uh, in unprecedented levels of stress in this current society it's a constant stress from the mo- like even I, I i'll be the first to admit it i wake up in the morning and the first thing i do I haven't even gone to the bathroom yet. I'm on my phone checking emails, see if I got messages and and like, you know, <laughs> it, it's not normal. It's really not normal and to be exposed to so much blue light at night and uh, um, Wi-Fi signals. These are all stresses and the fact that the phones, the social media creates stresses. Again, deadlines and, oh, did I, what did, like every, like looking at other people's lot as well that creates a psychological stress uh, which actually leads to a hormonal cascade in the body that has detrimental effects in many ways you could be in a state of stress um uh, where your body thinks it's in in like in a fight in a war or it's in starvation even though you're at home you're safe and sound and you you've eaten three times today and you've eaten ample calories your body still may be creating signals of war and famine so um, we really have to help people address the psychological stress as much as all the other stresses that may be causing um, uh, dysfunction and disease yeah most definitely there's there's way too much going on for our body to quiet itself and and do its natural thing it's like you said the the wi-fi the emf the the blue light but going beyond that, we got the food where it's stressing your body to a point where it thinks it's starving because it's not getting the right nutrients. Um, it's trying to process these things that it can't naturally process. So that adds another level to that stress. The yeah. water we're drinking isn't, there's chemicals and certain things in it that aren't able to be processed by our bodies either. So you're adding another level of stress and it's just stress, 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 stress. You know, when, again, going back to our last conversation, we talked about how something like Reiki or meditation can bring you to that slight state of bliss. And people people don't necessarily realize that subtle difference between what they normally are and that small state of bliss. And when you ask them the question of, oh, when's the last time you felt that? And they start thinking back and they're like, man, almost never. And, and that's going to the point of you're constantly stressed out. You're constantly doing this, doing that, running around. You got, if you start learning about this stuff, you're stressed about that, what you eat. And it, it's a hard, difficult road to get going. Yeah. But then be, it becomes easy. You start these, these good habits of mindfulness practices. You start the good eating habits, the good drinking habits, and you get all that kind of ingrained in your system. Then it becomes easy. Then it's just a lifestyle. So that's, that's the big hump I think people need to overcome. And that's the hardest part about this is, is getting to that lifestyle. And that's something you bring up, something I bring up. It's take it a step at a time. Do what you can do now. You know, you start learning about all this. You get freaked out. Okay, what do I have the money to do right now? Oh, I can buy a shower filter. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, I can buy a sink filter now, six months down the line. Perfect. Just one thing at a time. Start getting away from the boxed foods, the the yeah. processed foods, all of that, and work your way into a more natural system. Even if it's uh, 
something Tim Jim- James brings up where knowing the the QR codes or the barcodes and the numbers and what they mean, you know, is it this, is this fruit chemically um, ripened or is it naturally ripened? Is it mm. sprayed with pesticides? Is it not sprayed with pesticides? You know, even if it takes three, four months just to learn that and start yeah. getting into that habit of looking at what the barcodes mean and what it is telling you, looking at the active ingredients, the inactive ingredients in food, you know, it's a, it take it slow everybody. Cause it can get overwhelming, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Wouldn't you oh, say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think little, small little changes in, in the living environment like that are huge, man. And for example, uh, some of my clients, uh, I, I recommend them to, the, the folks that have uh, sleeping problems, I recommend them to get red LEDs on Amazon. They're super cheap, like, what, three bucks each. Um, and to get some cheap fixtures, uh, you know, to, to put the LED bulbs in. And to have one in the living room, in, let's say, the bedroom, if it's their child's bedroom uh, or their own bedroom. Ideally, every every bedroom, every corridor, every bathroom. And then when the sun sets, switch off the regular lights or let's say an hour to two before bed. This is the way we do it. So my daughter goes to bed around, you know, 9 p.m. So we'll, we'll switch off the regular, inc- I actually have incandescent light bulbs. I bought a few, you know, because I saw that they're, they're making them illegal in the States. So I'm like, yeah, Damn, I gotta- it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, find them here. Oh, dude, it's crazy. So I bought a few, I bought a couple of packets, you know, I have maybe 20, 30 bulbs, but I've already had to replace a couple. So I'm like, oh, damn, these things only last like a thousand hours if they don't <laughs> die on you before that. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, I think I'm going to have to go back to my LEDs. But the thing is, if you turn off the LED, the regular one, especially if you get cooler ones to begin with, get the, the red LEDs on, let's say an hour to two before bed, you're seeing a lot of less blue light, first of all. <clears throat> and your skin receptors on your on your skin they they sorry the light receptors on your skin will be perceiving less blue light so that's another way you can disrupt your circadian rhythm is by you actually have uh, light receptors in your skin so we do that and we definitely have um blue blockers i actually i bought my kid who's not even 2 years old i bought her tiny little blue blockers before she was even born, bro, I bought two pack, two two pack, two pairs of those. So as soon as she's a little bit older and she she understands not to break them, like she broke my ones, I had to super glue them a couple of times since <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of years or the last year or so. But yeah, so like for me, wearing blue blockers is, and I'm talking about the red lensed ones where you can you can't see any blue almost. Um, I think that that's such a game changer for your for your sleep and. Well, I used to monitor my my circadian rhythm with the the aura ring, and the difference is night and day wearing blue blockers before bed and and not. That, I think that's huge. But to the cheapest and fastest way for everybody to enjoy less blue light, more red light at bedtime is literally a few bucks for for some light bulbs, red LEDs. Yeah, so let's get into LEDs a little bit. With the incandescent light bulbs becoming illegal. You would say, hey, sorry for the listeners no if you can hear that, but I got my kid here if, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, By the way, this this will probably, when I run it f- through post-production, it will remove some of those sounds, so don't worry about it too much. Okay, cool. But uh, 
So you would recommend red LEDs over just yeah. regular LEDs because I've heard not good things about LEDs and how they disrupt your circadian rhythm. I mean, and they're essentially not, destroy their yeah. eye, your eyes. They're not great. Like the the red LEDs ones we have are very small in terms of power output. But like, dude, if that's the only thing, what can you do, right? Yeah, exactly. That's just, that's what's tough. Yeah, switching to red reduces some of the because they're very bright, they're very strong. I don't know. This technology is pretty amazing. It's a good technology. It's just unfortunate that a lot of technology, as good as it is and as convenient as it is, it's just detrimental to us because we are we're electrical beings we're biological beings we light is a nutrient to us so if you disturb those equilibriums um we suffer so that's uh, like uh, if you can if you can get incandescent i was even thinking in getting incandescent lights and spray painting them red but that's just too much work because they don't last long enough but uh it's a it's a trade-off for sure yeah yeah, it is. It sucks that they're making these illegal. And I, like I said, What's I cannot. Huh? What's their reason? They're warming I... up the client, and and uh... penguins are dying or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the penguins are yeah. drowning. The water's level has gone too high, even though even though it hasn't changed ever, like in the last yeah. two hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> like animals left and right are dying. Do you understand? You have to reduce your quality of life, or penguins will drown and fish will like i don't know something fish will happen that's yeah that's what greta thunberg tells me <laughs> greta thunberg thunberg <laughs> no yeah, she's just it, a peon so it's just it's, a it's so rough because it is something that's like you start looking into these things and you get discouraged because they're making the healthy alternatives illegal you know, they've already done that with homeopathic medicine and alternative energetic healing modalities or anything along those lines. It's, if it goes against the Rockefeller medical system, yeah. it's illegal already. And now they're moving into, like you said, our quality of life where it's you're getting mostly toxic cleaning chemicals. You're getting mostly uh, toxic light bulbs. You're getting mostly toxic personal hygiene products. And it there's not many alter. Well, there are many alternatives, but they're not promoted. They're not carried yeah. in m major stores that most people shop at. And you have to go to these alternative stores yeah. that might or might not exist in your town. And then, you know, some of them are pretty expensive, but in the long run, it, it is worth it because you're not number one. If you do it correctly, take for example, um, shampoo, like, you're not supposed to be washing your hair day in and day out. Oh, yeah. You know, you're supposed to at least go a week or two weeks, however long you can to let your hair kind of detox itself. But most people are on the page of, I'm going to wash it every day. And so they buy this expensive bottle of shampoo, still continuing that habit. Mm. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to spend $60 on a bottle of shampoo. That's going to last me a week and a half. It's like, <laughs> if you do it right, that shampoo is going to last you four months, five months, yeah, you know, the, yeah. sh basically the shelf life of it, but it's breaking these old habits, the getting out of that, that programming, that indoctrination that everybody's been set to of, you know, most people are going to scoff at a lot of this. Oh, I need to wash my hair. It's gross. Or something like brushing your teeth. It's like, you're not supposed to be brushing your teeth two, three times a day. That's just ripping them apart with the bristles, especially with 
the modern toothbrushes that people use, you know, the oscillating ones with the really hard bristles are tearing your teeth apart. And then you add the fluoride in the phthalates that are in the toothpaste and the um, toothpaste and soap are two things. So thinking back to college, I did a project, this was before my red pill, but I did a paper, a research paper on these types of things. Toothpaste and soap are not supposed to bubble. That's the yeah, they do that for psychological reasons. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So they add these chemicals, and they're mostly carcinogens or very toxic to your body, to make it have the appearance that it's cleaning. Because otherwise, people were like, "This isn't doing anything. It's not bubbling." <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. again, going back to breaking that programming, it's like it doesn't need to bubble. It's Your but it's no, shouldn't. it's it's true because sometimes I, I I buy some toothpaste. It's a gel. And I'm like, this, I'm not, this thing, is this thing working? It's not even, it's so, it's true. It's like, dude, I don't know, do I waste my, my money on this toothpaste? It's just g- gelling, but it's not foaming? What the hell? Yeah, yeah it's such a weird thing and that we've been, we've been so know, programmed you just to think about these things. All you need is baking soda. Like some guys I follow, like they, they'll just use baking soda to brush their teeth and, 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 and clothes and they wash clothes with it and you can clean counters with it. All you need is actually lemon juice. Or mm-hmm. vinegar, or citric acid, which which is an industrial product. But uh, I, I we have citric acid, lemon juice, um, strong vinegar, fourteen percent uh, vinegar, which is very very strong. That I mean, we we buy we buy uh, organic products, cleaning products, and 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 body uh, personal care products. But um, I honestly, I just use a shower gel, and I I tried the Castile soap. Castile soap is actually mostly oil well olive oil glycerin or so i got an organic one f- five liters of that like more more than a gallon it was olive oil a vegetable glycerin 30 percent, 70 percent olive oil and some soda and that's all you need but that is very drying of the skin so i couldn't really use it long term but that's the i guess that's what uh a, a diy or cheap solution that is super eco because you can you can just uh, that water can get in, go into your garden. It's actually nourishing in in many ways for your for your plants, so it's non toxic. But um, I, now I just use it for the dog when I wash her once in a while. But yeah, dude, the thing is, what what we've been brainwashed is that we even need all of these stupid uh, products, dude. Um, other than a body wash, I that's all I use, dude. Like I mean, I wash my hands like two three times a day sometimes because I have a small kid, obviously, and. You know, I use toothpaste that I get organic, and that's really all the the products I use. I since in in the last two two years, I've probably washed my hair with shampoo three or four times or five times maybe, and that's because sometimes I put like these castor oil, uh, this castor oil in the hair. Apparently, that's good and nourishing for the hair, but it's so thick and viscous, I can't get it out with water. So then I have to use a freaking shampoo which is kind of drying of the scalp. So I'm like, this, all this nourishment just goes away because otherwise this oil is going to stick to my pillow, run down my eyes. I'm going to have like sore eyes. So anyway, that's, but the point being is, you know, like even my wife, dude, like she, she knows all the stuff we're talking about and she still has like, God, you know how women have a lot of products. My wife still has a lot of products and I'm constant, not constantly, but often I'm telling her, you know, these chemicals and shit, like, do a few liver flushes and like get your gut better 
and that's all you need. The rest is just marketing and hype, all these creams. You're taking out the moisture of your skin to quote-unquote clean it, and then you're adding back that moisture with oils and shit and chemicals. Like there's 30 different things in, in each of these products, and a lot of them are, you know, chemicals that are... It, 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 like the skin absorbs everything. If you put... Like, for example, at the moment I'm looking into uh, certain supplements that can be transdermally absorbed instead like vitamin d k and like if you it turns out that anything you put on the skin if it's with like a carrier oil or a solvent ethanol it's gonna absorb whatever you put on there so i think a lot of people that's where they're getting a lot of endocrine disruptors and then we we're wondering why hypothyroidism or obesity is actually an endocrine problem it's not a calories in calories out a lot of people it's it's a hormonal imbalance and all the other things and cancers and whatever else a lot of these things are in many ways contributed to by endocrine disruption which we're a big vector is putting six seven products on your on your skin every day yeah most definitely and i just had this conversation with my fiance this morning she got her hairspray out or her dry shampoo and i was like quit using that don't use it in the house and she's like, it's just hairspray. It's fine. I'm like, it's not fine. <laughs> just hairspray. Well, my hair, my hair is greasy. It need, I can't have it greasy. Why? That's how, I mean, hair naturally produces grease. Why is that such a big deal? Women are you so know? particular about the hair. Don't mess with the hair. <laughs> Seriously. It's crazy. So I made yeah. her go in the other room, but it's still, you know, she sprays it. And then 30 seconds later, you can smell it yeah, four yeah. rooms down. And it's like, you're just toxifying our house you should ask her so, to do it outside on the balcony or on on, on the veranda that's what i told her to do yeah. i said go out on the porch if you're gonna do it yeah yeah oh yeah but yeah it's just it's hard because she's like well what am i supposed to do so there's natural art alternatives we'll we'll do the research together we'll look into it together and it that's how it has to be you know yeah. it's help you help me help us help our family Dreads. Dreads. yeah there you go <laughs> No, dude, like I have one client, she has quite a lot of health issues and I do my assessment at the start of the, you know, the starting work with the client with my intake forms and, you know, we go over, I have them list every single product they use and I'm like, look at all these products and and the, the hair dyes, they're very toxic, the hair dyes. And she's like, I'm not going to change my hair dye. She's just, just like, listen, listen, guy that I... I've no, I barely know. I'm not changing my hair dye. Okay, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we'll we'll talk about it in you know in a few months time. And I, there's some things people won't won't um, won't um, concede. This, but we don't. You don't have to do everything perfectly. You know what I mean? Like if you if you get your diet and your you know organic food and clean water, have some air filters in the house. I think you've, you've gone a long way in terms of in terms of reducing toxic exposures. And then you, if you have a couple of products that you feel like you really need, then it's not the end of the world, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. There's there's a certain line in this journey of, of health and detoxifying that separates you from being, honestly, a lunatic about it and just like doing nothing and feeling that little bit of normalcy. You know, a lot of people when they start this journey, obviously, if kids are exposed to it through their parents, then they start it really young. But a lot of these people have already gone through a portion of their life 
in these certain habits. And that's one big thing that my dad, you know, when I bring this stuff up, he's like, well, you know, I'm halfway through my life already. So I've already got my habits, you know, I'm not going to really change them much. There's things, there's things I'll be aware of, but the point being a lot of people, when they start this journey, have gone through a portion of their life doing these certain things, using these certain products, and they've gotten accustomed to them and, and happy with the results of them. And so, yeah, you, like you said, they're not going to concede on it because it's, it's their lifestyle and you're essentially trying to take away part of their lifestyle. Yeah. So they're not going to do that. And it's totally understandable. I get it, but it, it is something if you are willing to take that leap and stop using this or stop using that, stop eating this, stop drinking that, anything like that, it is so, so well worth it because it, it'll give you a longer life number one. And number two, actually, I think this should be number one, but a more fulfilled, better quality of life. Because the sooner that you can get your body... Hey, hey. <laughs> he agrees. He's like, yeah. damn straight, pop. <laughs> the sooner that you can get your body feeling good, feeling healthy, you're going to get, you're going to get so much better sleep. And you're going to wake up feeling refreshed, rejuvenated instead of these long dragging nights of waking up with dry mouth or a cough or sleep apnea, whatever the case may be, you're going to improve your quality of life tenfold just because of you're taking action of your, of your health and your diet and your exercise. And that's such a simple thing to do. And in the long run, it helps out tremendously. It, it, It takes away so many different problems. You know, it, Ultimately, the goal would be, if you're really focusing on it, to do something extreme like not pay for health insurance anymore because you don't need it because you're healthy. And, you know, you might have to set aside money for a physical trauma. So you get in a bike accident or a car accident, something like that. You know, that's Mm. obviously your diet, your exercise isn't going to help you not breaking your arm slightly, but it definitely helps the healing process. But for most insurance that people pay for, it's just it's just to pay for these symptoms that are caused by yeah. the food, the water, the medicine, all of these symptoms that keep compiling up and you're paying this insurance to essentially pay back into that system that is causing <laughs> those problems. You know, it's, it's, it's an endless bro. it's an endless loop of just feeding the machine, whether it's through the insurance or through the pharmaceutical or through the food companies. So I don't know. It's it's a tough thing to break, but make that extreme step. I think the insurance companies are are very well intertwined with uh, the medical, pharmaceutical uh, complex. You know, it's just another way to extract more out of the the slaves, basically. Exactly. Before before we decide they can have the sweet release of death, I think. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I, it, and if you, I keep telling my fiance this because it, we're in this conscious awakening. And if you're still not seeing the BS that's going on, what will it take to wake you up? Yeah. Because if you can't see that the in, insurance industry is in bed with the pharmaceutical industry, is in bed with the food industry, is in food or in bed with the, the workout health industry, like all of this is all intertwined to make your body deteriorate faster so that 
this company makes money, then this company makes money, then this company makes money. And it's just a cycle of going through these different things because the workouts that people are pushing, you know, what's big right now, like strongman, uh, CrossFit and all these exercises. Yes, they're, they're fine. Like you're, at least you're exercising. But if you look at some of these, like you are destroying your body, there is no no need whatsoever to be hulking around. You know, you've got a 50 inch chest. Like there's, there's no need for that. You can't even wipe your ass. How (laughs) practical is it? You know, CrossFit, it's like you're throwing this weight around. Like it's like they're toys or, or marshmallows and cool. It looks good. It looks cool. But what are you doing to your body? Like your knees, you're going to have to get knee replacements by the time you're 40. You're going to have to get hip replacements by 45. Or, or all these guys doing ultra, like uh, have big respect for guys doing ultra marathons and, uh, yeah, you know that's that's awesome uh, as an achievement, yeah. but like that is so so detrimental to your body. Like uh, endurance biking, geez, I don't even know how these guys can cycle for four hours, and do they even feel their ass like <laughs> after like <laughs> like like it, it, where do they? How, like the whole thing looks looks horrendous if you have um male genitalia i think it's just really <laughs> really you really want to hate your genitals to subject them to 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 that sort of punishment you know? yeah for sure <laughs> but for sure i think um i think exercise bro yeah we've been we've been given this bs that wow. you need to do however much um uh, aerobic you need to do however much anaerobic exercise or whatever um, but the thing is, I think what's more important is you need to be active, do do more things that are different all the time, like we used to do. Like let, let's say you're in the jungle or you were, you know, working in the garden a lot with the animals and the plants and whatever else. So you need to be in different in different positions putting various different minor loads and stresses on the body with the occasional bout of something let's say you're chasing down an animal so it will drop off a cliff and you know then you can go and devour it or you want to climb a tree to get some nuts and stuff or hide from a predator or you want to like you know uh slaughter a pig so you need to you know then raise up the carcass so you can butcher it so these are short bouts usually uh of of exercise and people were definitely like i don't care what anyone says people were definitely stronger um back in the day and more resilient to stress because we're again going back to stress we're constantly under stress so our adaptive response weakens over time so uh to me like the way i started exercising now uh is it's not even exercise but like for example this morning I, i woke up and Maybe I have a, what's it, 18, hold on, it's 18, one second, 18 times 2.2, hold on, why I cannot do simple mathematics, 2.2, so I have a 40-pound kettlebell in my living room, and I did like maybe three sets, or 10, of 10, 15, 20 reps each, so like maybe a total of 50 reps. And that's all the exercise I did today. Then I went walking for half an hour. So I'll do like walking half an hour to an hour in the morning and then a few push-ups or some, maybe if I'm out with my kid, I'll do some jumping squats or run up some stairs. And a few total time under tension or under load or or, or whatever, 
that will be, you know, a minute in a 10 hour, in a 10 minute span, you know, so a few bursts or may, maybe a few sprints in an hour's uh, stretch. And I think that more closely mimics uh, conditions in the wild, quote unquote, and it's less stressful on your body, but it, you're still getting enough of an adaptation from while, when the body repairs so that you actually see some benefit, be that in body composition, fitness levels, or strength, ability to do certain tasks better, faster, etc. Yeah, 100% agree. And a big point of conversation I've had many times is it needs to be individualized. You need to know your body because otherwise, if you're going by these standards, like the standardization of everything has really killed the positive mentality of people trying to attain a healthy lifestyle because it's you know you said you did some kettlebell sets this morning well my lifestyle might not need that those kettlebell sets i might be doing push-ups yeah instead or sit-ups instead and it's like if that fits better for me if i feel better doing that then that's what i'm going to do i don't need to listen to what you're doing and try to accomplish the same things you're accomplishing because that's not that's not what my lifestyle will need and same with diet same with almost everything i mean you can't go by these standardized charts anymore for example bmis like the bmi charts are insanely inaccurate i in high school being 57 weighing about 155 pounds was considered obese well, but the muscle mass on me was, I had 6% body fat, 7% body fat on average. And it's like, how can I be considered obese? According to this chart, it makes no sense because it's just a standard of, well, if you're this height, then you should weigh this. It's like, that makes no sense. Why are we standardizing everything when everybody you're being told your whole life, you're an individual, like think for yourself, do this, do that. You're, you're special because you're you. Yet everything else is going against that, telling us, well, you didn't fall in these standards of these test scores. You didn't fall in this BMI standard. You didn't fall in this vision standard. It's like, okay, well, you're, you're telling me I'm an individual, but in the same breath, you're telling me that I need to fall within these standards and be like everybody else. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's, it's just this cognitive dissonance that we're so accustomed to because we're always told this and shown this with everything yeah that's by design to a greatest extent i think it's because that's a if you if you keep people confused and you send them mixed messages uh they're more easy to manipulate control and they, they they have less of a stable footing in their life that's you know i hate to bring up the events of the last three years but uh that's what you were you were getting like mixed messages all through all through so people are they've no sort of sense of um it's it's like um it's like if you're if you're inter interrogating a prisoner for example you know you're you need to you need to throw keep them stressed and maybe not sleeping or just threaten them but also then you have to come in and give them hope and uh you, you, that's constant push and pull is what it's really uncomfortable you can't just torture a prisoner you have to you know give them some food say oh everything will be all right you know we're going to be released tomorrow or whatever that is what really will break uh, an individual so i think you know if you if you 
if you subscribe to the idea that <clears throat> society has been engineered by social engineers, then these things should not at all actually um, surprise us. What we need to do is just figure out how to, for ourselves and our family and whoever else will listen to our um, our message, we just have to help them to break out of these cycles or uh, they could be cycles of habit, cycles of this is the way it's always been done. This is how things should be. Like, for example, you're so right about this BMI. Like, even if you look at studies on whatever aspect of health, it, it, they tell you the average age uh, and the average weight of a person. Let's say in the study, the average age is 28.4 years. The average weight is, you know, 192.4 pounds. In that cohort, there might not be one, there's not might not be one single person that is actually that that specific weight, or that specific height, or that specific age, or whatever else. So even like when you look at research and they're looking uh, they're looking at uh, statistical analysis of the data, you know you could be and, and there's this is there's a lot of um, uh, BS going around with these meta analyses and these Cochrane reviews and stuff like that. If you look at for example, I was looking at one Cochrane review, which is the gold standard of you know medicine if if an intervention is useful or not for a particular condition. I was looking at something for uh, with probiotics, and if you look at a Cochrane review, dude, these these documents are like eighty, ninety, a hundred pages, and if you just look at the summary before you download that document, it says there was weak that there was weak data support uh, probiotics. There was uh, sl some tiny little sliver of of okayish data that they can be helpful in some cases. And when you actually dig down into the meta-analyses, then you dig down into, into the individual studies, Some sometimes you will see a person who completely, whatever condition it was, IBS or even uh, in, inflammatory bowel disease or, or whatever, uh, Crohn's colitis, whatever, um, they, just using, let's say, probiotics, completely their, their condition went into remission. So if you just go to the highest level to to that there you're going to be like oh this this intervention is useless i'm going to wait until there's more data supporting its use and that could be 30 years until they they finally say you know it it could be it could help some people but if you if you go and dig down you're like well this this could be life changing for somebody i need to and let's say you're a practitioner or a doctor you should be like well i'm going to cautiously uh try this on some of my my client or patient population and see if it helps certain people may react positively to it. So we're a lot of the evidence-based uh, aspect of how we help people heal, which we don't, that way, well, let me just kind of delineate how they manage people's symptoms and how people that are actually doing good work help people to heal themselves. If you, if you just follow evidence-based, you're screwed. Like it's, you're literally screwed because that is really holding back a lot of doctors from even trialing new things because there's no evidence that I don't want to get sued, literally. I imagine being a doctor and your whole idea is to help people heal themselves, but you won't try something unless it's covered by insurance or because you don't want to get in trouble. You don't give a damn about the person in front of you. You just give a damn about your paycheck and, and saving your ass and make sure your ass is safe, you know? And that's what's so shitty is... 
these doctors, most of them are getting into it for the right purposes. Mm. Uh, there's the, the select few, the minority that is getting into it for the money. Um, but most people get into it like, I am going to help people. And then they start seeing how corrupt it is and in, in getting your license revoked, you know, get, not getting your paycheck. I got to make a living too. I got a family yeah. to support. So I got to make, yeah, I got to make my paycheck. Otherwise I'm screwed. And so they take an oath to help and heal people. And everything they do is contradictory to that. Just like I said earlier, you know, you're told this and you're shown this. Well, doctors are supposed to help you. That's what we're told. But we're shown that doctors are actually causing more detriment than if we were to just let our body fight it off in the first yeah. place. You know, a, a simple sickness, you're getting this medicine or that medicine, this pill or that pill. And what's that pill doing? And you said it so, I don't know if you meant to say it, but they're curing symptoms or managing symptoms. That's all they're meant to do is just manage the symptoms yeah. and not treat the underlying cause. Yeah. And that's, it's just, it sucks because to see it's that. Genetic, because it's genetic, dude. And purportedly because these things are genetic. So how yeah. much money has been plowed, billions and billions, maybe hundreds of billions have been plowed into genetics and figuring out cancer, the, the genetic hypothesis. And that's clearly BS. And at, th at this point, they're probably, I, I bet you that's all a front for some of this other stuff that they're doing genetics wise because they want to, God knows, like God knows how perverted the actual intentions are behind all this money that's being plowed into genetic research. God knows, yeah. you know, it's, literally it could be unfathomably weird and, and sick. You can, you can get into some very deep rabbit holes with the genetics and what they're doing with, you know, the DNA testing, the genetic testing, the yeah. blood, uh, blood trans or not transplants, but blood, blood donating, yeah. plasma donating, anything like that. You can get into some deep, deep rabbit holes with that. <laughs> uh, but we won't get into that on today's yeah. show. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's so weird though, because something, for example, that I think came out more recently, maybe in the last couple of years or so, but eyesight, it's always, everybody's always been under the impression that it was genetic. And they've come out recently and said, no, it's not genetic. We don't know what causes bad eyesight. And I, I think I know. I, I think you might know. It's what, all these what do you think it is? I think it's all these toxins that we're putting into our bodies and the, the stabbies that they give kids, you know, yeah, 30 of them before sure. they're five. Uh, but they've come out and said it's not genetic. And it's like, okay, we've been under this impression for however long. It's like, yes, if the science is improving and they're figuring out it's not genetic, fine and dandy but have they known it's not genetic because you think about how mm, you always see pictures and this this gets down a weird rabbit hole too but you always see quote unquote older pictures and there's people with glasses uh but you know it doesn't seem like that it doesn't seem practical that humans would have this essentially fuck up in their genes that would cause poor eyesight. Yeah, man. Of course. You know, if, if we're supposed to be evolving, I would say that's devolving. If we're getting things in our genetic code, that's messing with what we're allergic to or our eyesight, our hearing, our bad habits, you know, all these things get blamed from genetics. 
and so it goes against the whole theory of evolution. Like I said, this could be a deep, deep rabbit hole and going against the theory of evolution. But if, if we're supposed to be trusting the science and believing that they're on the right path of we evolved from this amoeba to now, like, look how far we've come. Why are we devolving right now? What is, yeah. what is different about this time that our evolution peaked and now it's on the downslope? It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think but, a lot of these things are not genetic. They are caused by external sources. They're caused by the, the foods, the waters, because it going back to the oldest pictures known, you know, you don't really see people with glasses and then you start seeing it. And right around that same time is when the Rockefeller medical system was introduced. The school system was introduced and the schooling really has nothing to do with the health of it, maybe the mental portion, but it's what we're taught. You know, these things are genetic instead of the food system at the industrial revolution completely changing uh, from a naturalistic food system to a chemically factory process system. So there's, there's all these little anomalies that you can overlook very easily. But when you start nitpicking those little details, it's like, hmm, yeah, this, this doesn't uh, make sense actually, with the mainstream story. I was looking at some study that... Um there there was a an association between myopia short-sightedness with spending less than three hours outside so i actually think the schooling system probably has a lot to do with it that because could be too yeah if you're if you're stuck at home with under darker light conditions and you're reading a lot of books and now it's a lot of screens and not only are these screens they're, they're worse than books because they're burning a whole through your freaking eyes with this intense blue light. So I think that's a massive thing. And if you look at China, Jesus, I, dude, I forget the, the stat that was in the in the paper, but I think China has like 90% people are uh, short-sighted. Come Gosh, on. That's, that's insane. And, and like any, like, I swear to God, if any educated person like a doctor would come out and say that's genetic and stuff, things like that, or if you look at obesity, how it skyrocketed, or or all the diseases which most of them have skyrocketed, and the fact that a lot of autoimmune diseases uh, are new and stuff like that. If 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 anyone that is purported to be educated or knowledgeable tell you tells you that, they're, they're an absolute idiot, and you should call them an idiot for 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 <laughs> you know they should be um, publicly shamed that you're a moron spreading misinformation. Medic, that's me now that's medical misinformation yeah for sure you know? it is it, it like you just said and like i said it's you look at these things and they're very easy to overlook but you look at take uh celiac disease for example you know when when have people been allergic to yeast besides in the past 15 used years to more or so. gluten back in the day people would eat twice the amount of gluten as now even though there's more gluten in bread now a hundred years ago, people were eating a hell of a lot more bread. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, why Why now? Well, they've always suffered with this. Where? It just, was, it just went undiagnosed like autism. It's just yeah. diagnosing it better. Yeah, it's like, where has this been documented? Like, you don't, you don't see historical documents of people with autism, people with Down syndrome, people with celiacs, people that are just dying suddenly out of nowhere. You don't find this historically. And I know our historical records are good to a certain extent, but it's like you you just don't see these things. These yeah. are very, very recent and people 
so easily overlook it because of that same exact thing. It's it, it just wasn't diagnosed. They just live their life like that. I, I I don't think so. I think that would be a very studied thing because I think it would, if you have a diarrhea multiple times a day after eating bread, I think when you go to the doctor, they'll be like, I think you have breadaria or something. <laughs> they would call it something. Yeah, no. yeah, it, exactly. It's it. Humans are observant enough and curious enough that something like that would be studied. Yeah. No matter what time period it is, if take for example, you you put a person with autism in Greek times, that would be so studied because people are naturally curious. They want to know what is going on with this. Or somebody with Down syndrome, it's like, what is going on with this? What caused it? They they we've always been curious and scientific minded along with the spiritual side. So it's like you tie the two in together, but I, I just, I, I'm not buying the story of it was just not diagnosed or misdiagnosed yeah. or this or that. It, it's all excuses. It's a joke. Yeah. It's the, the state of medicine is an absolute joke. If I was a doctor right now, and again, I know a lot of very good doctors and I, I, I'm exposed to a lot of very good medical and naturopathic doctors that I, I learned from. So I, I'm not throwing a blanket statement, but most doctors, the medicine as it stands is a shambles after how much money has been invested in all these diseases, including cancer. Dude, the whole thing is an absolute joke. I I can't remember some some doctor um, said that if you put all of medicine in a book and you throw that book down in in the ocean, it would be a great day for mankind because what what medicine has done, the modern medicine done to humanity is just look around, just Jesus Christ. It's it's not even that bad where I live here, uh, but I, I'm sure like if you if you go to a big city, any big city now in 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 any part of the world, if you look at the state of health of people, it's it's a disaster of epic proportion. So I honestly think sometimes I like lately I've been thinking this whole the population agenda um, is that like a red herring? I honestly think that they've already accomplished that. Like if you look at fertil fertility rates, mm -hmm. I think one in two couples now in the States can't get naturally pregnant. One in two, dude. I think they've accomplished their 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 goal. Now they can die happy and, and burn in hell for the rest of eternity, <laughs> hopefully. And then the, the rest, the, the dominoes are just going to continue to fall because you know, it's like when when you set a wheel in motion, they've they've set the wheel in motion for the last 150 years plus, God knows. Uh, is there much that can be done for the world at large? I, I honestly think very few people um, have even the the. It's like when you, it's like a, the model of a black hole when you when you get past the zone of no return. I believe a lot of people, unfortunately are past the zone of no return and they're just going to su get sucked up into the into the machine into the the hole um there's some folks that are on the precipice that are completely unaware there's some folks that are you know maybe swimming in the other direction just uh, too many analogies here but they're swimming <laughs> in the other direction against the current against the force and they, they will do their damnedest, but it's it's too late. I I think those mm -hmm. for, I think for those people it's probably the saddest when you when you wake up too late and you start 
taking this stuff seriously too late and stop stop going you know to the doctor every month and getting put on the subscriber plan and this and this pill and this other pill every time and then you're like you're on seven eight ten twelve medications um and i think for those folks it's really it's really sad to see so this is why i keep always sort of harping on the point we have to teach the parents because the parents are the, the ones that they're going to teach the kids and that's how we create generational positive change we have to yeah. really start with the younger parents uh now is the time and they're unfortunately their minds are shaped by social media and and the people the social engineers so it's it's another massive uphill battle battle that i think at a grand scale probably cannot even be won at this point uh i gotta disagree with that i, I i'm just i'm optimistic i think a lot of people are waking up to this and <clears throat> i hope you're right another another thing i'll slightly disagree with is i don't think there is too too many people at that point of no return i think there is your body is so resilient to many many different things i think there is it takes a lot a lot to get to that point of no return whether whether i'm right i don't know i hope but not. I, I just i like i said i'm optimistic about it i think our bodies are super super resilient and can essentially handle whatever is thrown at it as long as you give it the tools it needs and and let it do its natural thing i think many many people might be feeling like they're at that point of no return oh i got i got the stabby jab i got the second one i got the third one and maybe maybe i'm wrong and and my, that might be the point of no return but i'm i'm very hopeful that your body, if you, as long as you provide the right conditions and the right environment for it to detox in and heal itself, I think it can heal from majority of things that you throw at it. I, I hope you're. I mean, I I I'm not sure. Again, I, I wasn't throwing out estimations. How many people are awake? How many people will never wake up? I I don't know how many people are are, are at the point of no return. But um, I hope you're right, man. Look, I. I, I, I I'm I'm in general I'm a very positive person. Otherwise, you know, if if I wasn't positive, I, I wouldn't be trying to to play my part in in you know helping helping some people and putting out content that is helpful. So I, I'm definitely helpful. And the thing is, I think I think uh, that's one of the the most powerful weapons against us is is. Um, is creating hopelessness and learned helplessness, right? So the thing is, I, this go, goes to some studies with rats, uh, where if you put a, a rat in a bucket of water, after a while, it will stop. It will, um, it will try to swim out of the bucket, but it will give up after a while and just drown. So, but if if that rat sees another rat escape from the bucket rat would struggle and swim until it dies from exhaustion or it will somehow escape it will chew through the bucket and get out so if you if you are at the very least a shining light onto others that you know people can be if you for example this is why i believe you know you can't trust a, like you can't trust a fat sorry you can't trust a thin chef like you can't trust a fat unhealthy doctor you know, if if you're a practitioner, you you need to at least be a little bit healthy. Um, if you're a chef, 
you gotta be fat, bro. Otherwise, your food is crap. I'm kidding. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that one. But like, I, I think you you need to have a certain vibrancy to be a practitioner because people need to you need to resonate with that. Uh, people need to re- resonate with you and to see that um, you know you 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 can achieve this state. It's like I remember when my wife was having her horrible insomnia. <clears throat> she she said I was lying to, next to you last night. You were snoring like a freaking lawnmower, and <laughs> but I'm there like sleepless all night long. But I knew that I can't sleep. I can see you sleeping like a freak. I'm pushing you like to turn turn over so you don't snore so much, and um, I can see that I can. If you can sleep like that, I can sleep like that. So especially like I, I think people that have had a health problem quite severe health problem those people that actually become then doctors or practitioners or trainers coaches i think they're the the most awesome uh specimens because they first of all they have empathy for for the struggles you're going through but they can show people look i overcame celiac disease or uh, uh ulcerative colitis autoimmunity and i i'm perfectly healthy as 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 in, in a manner of speaking, I guess nobody's perfectly healthy in today's world or ever has been. But um, giving that people that hope and, and that example in all walks of life, I think is important. Like people that come from rags to riches, become entrepreneurs or guys from the hood that were in a gang that come out and, you know, uh, become entrepreneurs, great dads and stuff like that. I think those people, and uh, we need to sort of give them more airtime in alternative media, not just talk about the doom and gloom and the fear porn and the, the agendas that we, we are seeing, but we should have more people um, to be an example and a shining light onto others. Getting biblical there. That's such a beautiful point because it's so true. It, most people get so discouraged. You know, you brought up cancer earlier. One thing I wanted to say earlier about that is, you know, look how long they've been trying to cure cancer and look how short of a time it took them to quote unquote cure cancer coronavirus. So I mean, that's just, that's just something to, to think about people. But with cancer, it's like everybody has an anecdotal story of, well, you know, my, oh, Sutton, hold on. Producer is not happy with the mic placement. Yeah. (laughs) But everybody has that anecdotal story of, well, my uncle knew this guy who got cancer and he died within a month or something along those lines. It's always this doom and gloom story rather than the people that beat it, whether they did go through the chemotherapy or the pills or an alternative way of treating that. It's like those stories aren't promoted. Everybody has that anecdotal story of, oh, I know somebody that died with cancer, died from cancer, and it was tragic. They were given a month to live and they died within that month. And it's it's that doom and gloom story Mm. that keeps getting repeated and refreshed to everybody's mindset. And again, circling back to the beginning of the conversation, in order to be as healthy as you can be, you need to be physically healthy. You need to be mentally healthy and energetically or spiritually healthy. If you have all three of those in alignment, almost nothing can stop you. I mean, obviously people are going to say, Oh, we'll ultra shoot you. And it's like, you're, you're not getting the point. (laughs) You're not going to be suffering from that, from that dry mouth or that cancer or that illness, that back pain, that fatigue, that that mental fog, anything like that. Like you're almost unstoppable if you have your physical, mental, and spiritual energetic health 
in alignment because that healthy mindset is so key. And that's another thing people easily overlook is they, they know about the placebo effect, but they don't put any credence to it because it's like, if you tell somebody they have a month to live, the placebo effect can work both ways. It can either help you or detriment you. So you tell them they have a month to live. That puts a doom and gloom mindset. I only have a month to live now. And you're constantly repeating that in your head. Well, getting very esoteric woo-woo here, but are you manifesting that reality? Whereas if you were told you have a month to live and you said, get effed, you know, I don't have a month to live. I got 10 more years. You might live that next 10 years. I mean, nobody can really say for sure because that's where it gets, you know, quote unquote, less scientific, but it, it should be considered science as that, that manifestation of it. Are you manifesting the bad? Are you manifesting the good? Who knows? But it seems like the placebo effect is a real studied thing. Oh, yeah. People know this. They don't give any credence to it, though. So we, we get into that whole conversation of having that healthy mindset, that happy mindset, that positive mindset of, I am healthy. I am happy. I can heal. Whatever's thrown at me, I will take. I'm tough enough. I'm strong enough. I, I, I'm mentally there enough to take on whatever is thrown at me. Sure, so man. So that's a huge, huge point that yeah. needs to be talked about more is, is get away from that doom and gloom because it that's mostly what the medical system is now. You're, you're never going to see the positive stories. You might see one in every 50 to 75 yeah. stories being positive, but those other you know, 49 or 74 are just, oh, well, this person didn't make it. They couldn't overcome this. They couldn't do that. And so you're exactly right with these these most important spectacular specimens that are people that overcame these things because they have been there. They've seen it. They've been in that mentality. They know exactly what this other person across the table from them is going through. They have that doom and gloom mindset. And on the other side of the table is the complete opposite. I was you once. I beat it. You can too. And that's that's hugely important. I think we need to all lift each other up and come together like that, have a positive outlook on all of this because it's not all doom and gloom there is a way to beat this system beat this game however you want to consider it there is a way out of it and i think we're headed in the right direction with shows like yours shows like ours and all the other phenomenal podcasts that are bringing light to this darkness because it it can't be darkness forever the light has to overcome the dark i love it yeah i I agree man i think um i think what i've noticed is when you interrupt the stress hormone cascade. So you have, you know, you have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. So there, there's there's a, a, a constant push-pull in, in body systems. So you have the, the stress hormone milieu cascade that can become dominant. And then that can sort of keep you can be in this kind of stress sort of response, like high cortisol, high serotonin, um, high, high adrenaline, um, high, you know, other yeah. things like aldosterone, stuff like that. So I've noticed when, when with people close to me, when we interrupt, when we block that stress hormone uh, response, when they get basically those hormones 
with certain supplements, certain practices, you can actually reduce those hormones. I, I found some supplements recently. I'm experimenting with myself and some, some, some of my clients. When you literally block at the receptor level the stress hormones, the, the entire sort of outlook of the person changes. I'm talking about where before they would shoot down an idea as too pie in the sky, they'd be like, when they hear that same or similar idea, they'd be like, I never thought about thought about it that way. When confronted with a challenge uh, that normally would get them to start screaming or shouting or, or, or arguing with their partner, they're like much calmer. They're able to come back with a response or a reaction to that challenge that is from a, a much calmer place and the whole sort of family dynamic changes for the positive and there's they're a lot calmer under pressure so new new and unexpected stresses don't perturb them that much so I, I believe part of why we're in a little bit of the state with uh, of the world is because of this constant stress which not all of it is again uh uh, uh, psychological. I believe a lot of it because our thoughts create these hormones and, and these cascades. You can think a thought like if you start imagining yourself being chased down by like an axe murderer or something um, you will, your cortisol will increase, your adrenaline will increase, other uh, uh, inhibitory counteractive uh, parasympathetic hormones will decrease in tandem. So uh, we create a lot of distress that is creating detrimental states of being inside physically, biochemically in the body. So if we are able to learn how to interrupt that stress sort of cycle, uh, be that with, with supplements, uh, you know, EFT tapping, meditation, well, there's, there's, there's different ways of doing it. But if we can do that and make sure that it's a sustained, not, not just for like, your, your 20 minutes of meditation or whatever. I'm talking about if it's a chronic reduction in stress. I believe a lot of people who have a lot more resources to mount a response to the challenges of the modern world, be they at the family level, the community level, or the societal level, like when big things happen. So I think that's where they know the folks that are running these operations. They know if you scare people, that's a stress. Uh, that stress those stress hormones you basically in a way you go to the lizard brain just basic survival so higher thought higher cognitive functions are depressed that's why people that are depressed they can't see a, a an out of the situation because they cannot access those higher cognitive functions you know the, the neocortex all that good stuff so i think if we learn how to whatever works for us again you said it very well everybody's an individual for me taking a couple of supplements is better because I'm I'm a supplement geek and um, I'm not I've never really gotten into meditation or or whatever else. But for some people, it might be some yoga uh, or a, a multi a number of these different things. So the I think the most important thing though is figure out how to lower stress that is not unproductive, like going for drugs or alcohol or whatever else or you know whatever. Uh, so I think that is a very key component and I'm going to definitely be trying to put out some content in the future about ways we can we can lower that stress cascade in the body. I think it's so beneficial. I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think that's an excellent way to end the show. I know you got to head out. Um, 
hopefully your kid gets better and your wife yeah. feels better. Uh, one, one last thing I wanted to end on is just talking about your course. So I'm, uh, just under halfway through now and it's taken me a while because I'm going back and I'm re-listening to nice. I'm like, Oh, what did, what did Christian say in that video about this? So I'll go back and I'll re-listen to a lot of them. Uh, but it's, it's nice. such a great course. I love it Thanks, so man. much. There's Thanks so, so much. many quick videos that it's just like, all right, here's this. You need to be aware of it. This is what you can do. And this is how you do it. And it's just super quick, concise. And it's so, it's so streamlined. You did such an awesome job on this. Thanks, buddy. And so I, I, I love promoting this at, on the show now because it is something that's like, man, if, if more people got a hold of this and started using this to their advantage, a lot of this transition that I'm talking about that's super difficult won't be as difficult because it's you're, you're providing the information, you're providing the solutions to it and how you can do it effectively, whether it's cost effectively or product effectivity, you know, you're, you're providing real world examples of, okay, this is the unit I use. I know of this unit as well. So whatever your price range is, you know, get this one if you're, you got a budget or get this one if you want to go all out. So I, I really cannot promote this and, and praise this course enough. I, I'm Appreciate truly it, happy that you allowed us access to this course and the information My in pleasure. it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, dude, I, 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 this is the information I wish I knew five years ago, 10 years ago. When I, uh, I, I guess six years ago is when I really started getting into this stuff. So if I had this information back then, man, how much time I would have saved, how much research. But I think also... Making making those mistakes along the way and learning the hard way is what um, has created uh, some knowledge in my head that I can use to help other folks. So I think it's it's important as part of my journey. But had I had this course, you know, a while back, man, what, what, how amazing uh, of a resource that would have been for me. And if I do say so myself, humbly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about that is if you didn't if you had this course back then then you would not have that comparison of knowing how well it works because you went through that you know exactly how you felt going through all of that without this knowledge then you gain this knowledge and started to implement some of the strategies and then you saw the results for yourself so you went from this to this so i i think it's all important i think it's all on purpose that you went yeah. through that and then you gain this knowledge because otherwise you would have no contrast. Dude, I remember. Know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was just going to say you wouldn't know what it's like to feel this way and then go through yeah. it and, and feel this so much better after it. Yeah. I, when I was in my twenties were in our, in Ireland, I was working in a bar on and off to the amount of tap water, straight tap water. <laughs> we drank there and Ireland is not famous for its fluoridated water. The water is delicious, but you, you, it's free as well. They actually try to, they try to in, in, put a water tax on people. So pretty much nobody paid those bills, dude. They completely revoked it. It was phenomenal, <laughs> dude. I remember I was sharing a house with uh, 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 three other guys and we have like guys moving in and out of this house. There's four, four rooms and, I remember there's a bill and one of these guys uh, decided to pay the damn thing. And, but he was moved out. It was in his name because he, he was unfortunate 
guy to open the door when these clowns are coming, unfortunately. So he was like, guys, I paid this bill. Can I get some money from him? He was like, the, the guy's like, you ain't getting shit from me, bro. I'm not paying it. You're stuck with this bill. But like most of the Ireland, they're like, no, screw you. We're not paying. It rains almost every day. We're not paying for water, you pricks. I don't care if yeah. you need infrastructure to bring it to my house. But um, po- sorry, my point there was that... um. Man, the amount of poison and alcohol and and uh, harder things and um, I dude, I in my twenties, those twenty years, I swear to God, I probably did not eat anything, anything that was certified organic. I swear yeah. to God, I probably did not eat one thing, not even like a a blueberry that was certified organic, unless I was in someone's house and they they had something on the table served that i didn't know but consciously i did not want buy one thing that was certified organic that's 10 years of my 20s that's that's going back to my point of being optimistic about not having a lot of people at that point of no return because for example you went 20 i know i'm in a similar boat you know i went 22 years without really being super conscious of my diet and that's 20 years of toxification and yet I've still detoxed my body to be healthy. And it's, you know, so that, that that's just a point yeah. of, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think there's many people at that point of no return because I think it takes a lot. I think our bodies are very, very resilient. They can detox from 20 years of toxification fairly easily. Yeah, I, I think if you have 20 or even 50 years of dysfunction by, you know, like occupational exposure and bad diet and all that stuff, I think... In most people, in one to two years, should see amazing ben, uh, ben, uh, sort of improvements. I just think it's also important to not try to rush it and expect you get it that result. If you're, yeah, if you're in, in your mid thirties, in th- six months you could really bounce and be thriving, even if you had fairly serious health problems. But you know, if you're older, just I, I would try to dampen a little bit the expectations so that you don't give up after six months or a year. But yeah, I, I think yeah, the the fact that you, you you can live a horrendous lifestyle for decades and get developed diabetes or whatever, the fact that you can reverse a lot of these things in a couple of years is also, to your point, that's how resilient we are really, the, the human yeah. body. Yeah. So this was everybody, a pleasure, guys. This, this was awesome. I love having conversations with you. This is always incredible. <laughs> Um, good first swap cast for us. I, I really enjoyed yeah. this. Uh, so for the listeners that aren't familiar with Christian, go back. I'll put the link below and check out our first episode with Christian. And if you're interested in his detox workshop, click the link below, receive a discount, help us, help Christian, and help yourself. So nice. with that being said, we're out of here. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you next time. And it was a pleasure, Christian. Thank Likewise, you, brother. See ya.